Welcome in, ball boys and ball girls. Welcome into today's podcast. Hope you guys are all doing super well. I'm super happy to be with you. Recording not at home, um, actually at in-laws, but you know, got to stay on it. So, so hope you guys are doing super well. Of course, today we're going to do some around the horn um, from the week. And uh, we're also going to review two teams, the Chicago White Sox and let's see, maybe the Toronto Blue Jays. We'll just have to wait and see. Um, but if you have been keeping up on the blog itself, we are into the playoff teams this week. Uh, tomorrow, the World Series champion, or today, Friday, the World Series champion Dodgers were featured on their yearly review. And throughout this week, we've had the Astros, the Braves, and the Rays also featured. Um, so go and take a look at those. All of them are pretty short reads. You know, all about three to five minutes. Uh, I try to keep them pretty short, just to kind of show you the good, some of the bad. And other than that, uh, let's jump right into the news. All right, welcome back into the news and notes. Um, so kind of rebroke this down a little bit to make it a little bit cleaner on the website and the blog. So we're going to talk about league news. Uh, which is going to cover, you know, awards or managers, hiring GMs, kind of things like that. Kind of more like businessy type moves. Um, and then we, of course, will have free agent news because to the season, trade news, injury news, and prospect news um, to go over. So in league news, um, if you missed it, the Cleveland Indians and the Chicago Cubs both earned the inaugural Team Gold Glove Awards. Both were incredibly well-deserved as the Cubs. Of course, I no-brainer here, had seven finalists awards for Gold Gloves, and the Indians have three. Uh, so congrats to both these teams. Both are awesome. Speaking of Gold Gloves, uh, the Platinum Glove Awards were announced. Third baseman Nolan Arenado won his fourth straight. I mean, dude is ridiculously good. Bat, glove, just incredible hopefully he gets traded to a winner and a contender like he wants and then now retired left fielder Alex Gordon won his second um, platinum glove award so congrats to him and then we saw rookie of the year be announced um, Kyle Lewis of the Seattle Mariners and Devin Williams of the Milwaukee Brewers both these guys had just incredible season Kyle Lewis was actually unanimous for his so great job there uh, manager of the year, Kevin Cash, finally won his after being a finalist and coming in third the last two years. Uh, so third time's a charm. Big congrats to him. He earned it. And then Don Mattingly of the Miami Marlins. Um, man, none of good things to say about Don Mattingly. After his struggles with COVID, their season getting pushed back and postponed. 170-plus roster moves throughout the season. Literally signing guys one day, playing on the next. Guys making debuts, managing this club, and be able to get them to the playoffs for the first time since, I want to say, 03 was just in, incredible. So great job to them. Um, as we saw, Steve Cohen, they signed on the dotted line. Deal is closed, final. Um, he pretty much fired everyone. Um, I don't want to go through all the names, but he fired pretty much any everyone. Brought back Sandy Alderson. Um, to be the team's GM. He was a GM from 2018, 2010 to 2018. Um, 
and they are expecting to keep expected to keep Luis Rojas as the team's manager through 2021. Um, Cohen then did have a press conference saying he would be disappointed if the team didn't win a World Series within the next five years. Um, he actually gave a three to five year time frame, but five years. Um, and then supposedly, hours after this, Alderson said that agents, of free agents, were calling and wanting to come play for the Mets. So the Mets are looking like they're going to be the next hot spot for free agents, which is great. Um, speaking of free agents, Dodgers free agent third baseman Justin Turner um, did come out and apologize for his actions in the World Series after he was pulled from Game 6, um, coming on the field and celebrating with his teammates after finding out that he had a positive COVID test. Um, he said he will not make any excuses for his, for his conduct. And the MLB closed the investigation on him with no punishment. Uh, speaking of punishment, remember that guy Jeff Lunau? Um, he's now suing the Astro organization for breaching contract. Basically, long story short, he claimed he was a scapegoat. And he had no knowledge or involvement in the sign-stealing schemes. Um, he was a scapegoat, so he's suing them for $22 million in guarantee money that he lost. And then, let's see, Chicago White Sox new manager Tony La Russa has been charged with a DUI from back in February after he allegedly ran his car into a curb. He would not take a breathalyzer. He pulled the, do you see my ring? I'm a Hall of Famer baseball person. I'm legit. I'm a Hall of Famer, brother. Direct quote. Um, so we'll see how the White Sox handle this. They are expected to kind of let it go through courts, play it out that way, and then take further action. So I, I don't love this. Really sour taste and start to restart his uh, managing career. Um, Red Sox manager Alex Cora, remember that guy, as well as in the sign ceiling scandal, um, came out and said, I deserved it. And he came out and said he deserved the suspension for the sign stealings. He was humbled by the situation. And this is great. This is fantastic. Um, this makes me believe in Cora. He's the first one between Luno, um, Hinch, and himself, and Beltron, to really come out and apologize and accept blame for what happened. So good on him. Um, so yeah, that's the league-wide news. Let's jump on over into the free agency news. So let's get into the free agency news and some trade news um, from this week. Um, one of the more interesting pieces of news, um, if you didn't see, Trevor Bauer became the first MLB brand ambassador with lids, like the hat store. Um, there were two pictures on Twitter. These were both incredibly interesting. Um, one had a full backdrop of hats that included only the Yankees, the Angels, the Red Sox, the Astros, the White Sox, the Reds, the Dodgers, the Mets, and the Blue Jays. So that was all that was in the backdrop. And he had across his arms, on his head, and like his arms were stretched out. That's what he had on him. Uh, the next picture only had three hats. Now from right on his head to the top, he had the Mets were right on his head. The Red Sox were right above that. And the Reds were right above that. A lot of speculation was made of this. Um, I'm trying not to read too much into it. But it does tell me that these are kind of his teams he's looking at. Signing with. 
all of these are contenders, brink of contention, have superstars, but, and, you know, each team could use the services to get to the next level and get into the postseason in a relative time frame. Each of these teams can afford him um, at his price. So it's really interesting. Keep an eye here. I, a lot of speculation here, but I, of course, like the fits him going back to the Reds. Uh, I love the fit with the Red Sox. I love, love, love the fit with the Angels. And the Mets, they don't really need him. Uh, but hey, it is what it is. Uh, speaking of the Blue Jays, they did sign Robbie Ray to a one-year $808 million deal. Um, he wasn't great in 2020, but he does help solidify that rotation with Hunjin Ryu, Nate Pearson, and Tanner Rourke, Ross Stripling, as well as Anthony Kay. So good on them. The Blue Jays have also been in contact with free agent outfielders George Springer, Jackie Bradley Jr. Again, Springer, he fits what I kind of expect him to be looking for. A young team where he can be the leader, he can be the star, he can be a face. Um, he's surrounded by good talent that can get to the postseason. And Montoya, great manager. Um, be a great situation for Springer here. Um, Wainwright, came out, basically said he's decided on playing in 2021. Uh, on the 7th, he said, my son Caleb just pointed at the TV and said, Daddy Ball. He said, well, that settles it. I should play another year. Um, so I, I really hope he's re-signs with the Cardinals here. Um, Eric Kratz will not play in 2021 and beyond as a 40-year-old catcher is calling it a career. Um, he said his next game will not come as a player. So I expect him to have something going on behind the scenes with the Yankees, possibly working in player development, minor league coach, kind of work his way up to that MLB level. Um, of course, we've seen catchers have good success. Um, David Ross of the Cubs, we see these catchers have good success. That's because they see the game so differently than other positions. Um, and they're, they can be that much more successful. Um, the Red Sox have been linked had talks with starting pitchers Tyler Chatwood, Chris Archer, Garrett Richards to help their rotation. They've also had discussions with their own free agent, Jackie Bradley Jr. Um, they're also linked to Matt Shoemaker, starting pitcher. The Red Sox are one of the most heavily starting pitcher needy teams, so don't be surprised for them to make several of these moves and be connected to pretty much every um, free agent starting pitcher that is worth a value. Um, the Astros and free agent Michael Bradley, Brantley, have had talks on a new contract. Um, you know, Brantley's market is limited. Depending if, if the NL keeps the DH rule and the universal DH becomes a thing, which I sure hope it does, it makes the game that much better, a little bit more competitive between AL and NL, less pitcher injuries, and it's just so much simpler. Um, but, you know, his... Defensive value isn't great, but his DH value is tremendous. Um, so look for him to stay in the AL unless that rule changes. Um, before free agent starting pitcher, Marcus Stroman accepted his offer with the Mets, his qualifying offer with the Mets. Um, he did come out and say there was no way he would ever play for Tony La Russa. There's a lot here, a lot to unpack, but he said no amount of money would get him to play there. So, very interesting. Tony Roos' actions could be turning off a lot of free agents. 
um, for the White Sox. So keep a close eye on the White Sox and how the whole DUI situation develops. Um, the Yankees and DJ LeMahieu will not be together in 2021 as DJ declined his qualifying offer. Um, they have already been in contact with shortstop Anderson Simmons, which is interesting, but that's another conversation, mostly because they have Andujar at shortstop. So maybe they're just getting that insurance now for in case he flops midseason. They're really not sold on some of their young guys. Uh, in trade news, of course, there's going to be a lot of rumors around the following shortstops. Trevor Story, Javier Baez, Francisco Lindor being the most um, notable here. Carlos Craig, Corey Seager, all these shortstops are free agents next winter. All of them. Um, so they all could be potential trade chips. I doubt the Astros will let Correa go. I doubt the Dodgers will let Seager go. Baez, likely that he could get traded. Trevor Story, of course, the Rockies are in an interesting place with their franchise right now, um, especially because they're trying to sell off um, Nolan Arenado. So he could be, you know, the next one after Arenado and to help them kind of rebuild and retool and look, look to the future. Um, Lindor has a pretty big market. Every team wants um, him, except the Red Sox, are not expected to pursue a deal for Lindor, um, despite the relationship in history with Alex Cora. Um, they're more than likely not going to move on the shortstop. So yeah, uh, let's jump down into injury news and prospect news right after this. Okay, it's me. Before we go any further, I just want to say thank you for listening. I appreciate you guys. Um, you guys really make the difference for me. I'm so grateful for you taking the time to listen. Um, but I do want to tell you about what helped feel me, like literally feel me through writing blogs, recording podcasts. Uh, it's Ray's Energy by Rep Sports. They have 300 milligrams of caffeine, zero sugar, no crash formula. And no, it's not just another one of those energy drinks that say no crash. There is no crash and there's not that instant zip where you feel like your heart's going to pop out of your chest. Um, when drinking it, you drink the whole thing. You don't get that sudden like spike and then down. It's a, it's like you're gliding on this energy. It's fantastic. Um, so many different flavors. All of them delicious. Um, they are a great partner of the blog and the podcast. Um, so if you head over to the website, theballboyblog.com slash mydeals, there's a link for Rep Sports. Click that link. Go and buy yourself some Rays. And use the code BALLBOY, that's B-A-L-L-B-O-Y, at checkout to save up to 15% today. Alright, let's finish up the news and notes from around the horn today, just with some injury news. Uh, Angels DH, starting pitcher, slash outfielder, I believe, Shohei Otani is rehabbing well from his injury. He's throwing from about 120 feet with about 75 to 80% effort. This is great uh, as it keeps Otani on track to pitch next season. Um, and the Angels are banking on being able to use him as a pitcher and DH in 2021. So that get that two-way out of him. However, I personally think, so here's the opinion part. I think a move to the outfield would be the wisest move for the Angels. Kind of just bank on the bat, give up on the arm. Maybe keep them in there. However, there are 
pretty strict rules that they have to abide by if they want to use him as a two-way player. Um, but I think just a move to the outfield permanently is going to serve the Angels and Otani best career long. Uh, this guy has a really good bat and a really good arm that could, you know, win some glove, gold gloves and put up some great defensive numbers out there in a corner outfield spot. Um, in prospect news, there's not a ton. Um, Yankees outfielder and number one prospect Jason Dominguez expects to play his first professional season in 2021. The 17-year-old, this dude is a beast. The Yankees signed him to a 5.1 million bonus. Um, and they could u- look to use him sometime in 2021, possibly, depending on how the outfield shakes up. Um, if not 2022, I expect him to be fully in this with this team come 2022. If not 2021, kind of be on that same path as Acuna and Soto. Early debuts when they're 18, 19 years old, same as Harper, same as Trout. Get these guys in early and let them start their careers. Um, this dude has massive upside. He's a great outfielder. Power bat, speed, glove. I hate the term five-tool, but he's a five-tool kind of player. Um, If and when the A's don't re-sign shortstop Marcus Simeon, it could open the door for the A's to possibly get a better look at number two prospect, Roberto Robert Passon, or number four prospect, Nick Allen, who's a shortstop and second baseman, or third baseman shortstop, Sheldon Nuis. Um, you know, Nuis is obviously the most logical. He's the most groomed prospect they have. So I would 100% expect to see him in the mix in 2021 if they're not able to bring in Semyon. But they did trade. Um, why can't I think of his name right now? Um, Franklin Barreto to the Angels um, in the... Um, in the trade, I can't, oh, I can't, I remember. Um, but regardless, they traded Franklin Barreto, which opened the door even further for these guys to possibly get more exposure earlier and kind of get that track up. Uh, my most interesting prospect of these three, Roberto Passon, he's 17 or 18 years old. He's really young. He's fast. He has a great glove. Good bat, gets on base. I really like him, so keep an eye out for this guy if you're an A's fan, um, as well as the other two, as they could factor in, you know, around the diamond, vers- they're versatile, um, possible the next second, third, and shortstop mix for the A's coming up in the in, come as early as 2022. So without any further ado, let's jump into some yearly reviews. So I promised you guys we're going to try to get into two of these. So I'll make them quick. Uh, the first one we're going to get into is the Chicago, I said White Sox at the beginning of the episode, I believe. And then we're also going to hit the other side of Chicago with the Cubs. Um, so these will be pretty quick. Won't spend a ton of time on either of them. Um, but again, I do appreciate your time. Appreciate you listening. Um, so let's see here. So the White Sox, they didn't really make any moves during the season. Um, and all these so far, we've, I, in all these posts on the website, theballboyblog.com, I kind of review if they made any moves, um, what we loved about them, what we didn't love, uh, the biggest takeaway, and kind of what's next for them in 2021. Uh, so they didn't make any moves during the regular season. However, their offseason moves were pretty significant. 
as they brought in Yasmani Grandel, Nomar Mazara, Edwin Encarnacion, Dallas Keuchel. Um, they really helped, those vets really helped this team get to that 35-25 and 25 record, back into the playoffs. Um, we saw a lot of stuff we loved um, from Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez, Tim Anderson, even though he missed some time with injury. Um, if Anderson would have been there, I think this team probably could have possibly gone 40-20. and 20. But Rick Renteria did a great job this year getting this team back into contention. It'll be interesting what Tony La Russa does next. Um, what we loved about the White Sox was Luis Robert. Um, he signed that massive extension, that five- or six-year extension to stay with the club. He's going to be a White Sox for a long time, and he looks the part. Um, hitting for power, playing gold glove defense, second in rookie of the year. I mean, that dude was just awesome. Um, and then Lucas Giolito was another fantastic, um, you know, kind of came, came into his own as an ace of this club and really established himself as such. He pitched just phenomenally throughout the season. And I love that they just signed his high school coach as their new pitching coach. So big win for the White Sox there. Um, Jose Abreu played in the MVP level all year, smacking 19 home runs, uh, just leading this team offensively, kind of turning it around, and he was fantastic. Um, I love that they had five-plus players all hit 10 or more home runs. Uh, this team hit for a 261 batting average, and that was fantastic. Half of their starters hit for 290 were higher during the season. So this team got on base a lot and they got a lot of hits, which led them to that 35 and 25 record. Um, and they just had a lot of highlights. This team was full of highlights. They're young, they're exciting to watch. Um, I loved watching White Sox baseball throughout the 2020 season. And I hope you did too. They were fantastic. They were a lot of fun to watch. Um, the only thing I really didn't love, um, I thought they should have gone further in the playoffs and they did. Uh, it was disappointing to see. Um, however, you know, a lot of, a lot, not all the losses come from the pitching staff, but they did post a, a modest 3.81 ERA, so giving up about four runs a game, which isn't awful. Um, they, they had a 2.41 uh, strikeout-to-walk ratio, so they were walking a lot of guys. As they were striking them out, they had um, 217 walks to 523 strikeouts as a, as a staff. So, again, not great. Doesn't help you get a lot of help your offense. Doesn't set your offense up. Um, the biggest takeaway for me from the Chicago White Sox in 2020 was that they were fun. Um, Luis Robert, Eloy Jimenez in the outfield, a lot of fun. Tim Anderson, a lot of fun. That's pitching staff, a lot of fun. Um it will be so interesting to see what happens with Tony La Russa and this team. Of course, earlier in the podcast mentioned that he's, you know, dealing with that DUI case. So we'll see what happens. I personally think they should have hired Bruce Bocci. Uh, but, you know, that's my opinion. I'm not the front office. I'm not a front office member. If I was, I would have had my case for Bruce Bocci. So what, what's next um, for the 2020 White Sox come 2021? What do they need to take that next step? 
they need their pitching to take that next step. Um, Giolito, Dane Dunning, Lucas Seath. And hopefully if they're able to re-sign Keuchel next season for 2021, you know, having Keuchel lead this young, this young core, these young pitchers to that next step, help him get through the hurdles of a long season, getting that established Zet in will be huge for this team. Even a Trevor Bauer will be fantastic. Um, and then getting bullpen help, of course. That's every team's need right now with the game-changing bullpen arms coming such a commodity um, and a premium. Guys that can get outs, you know, get left-handers and right-handers outs. It's huge. Um, so that's outside of Aaron Bummer. That's where they, they need to focus. Um, with this division not getting any easier, with the Twins and Indians, they also made the playoffs. Um, you know, getting those high-quality bullpen arms is going to be key for the White Sox if they want to continue competing in 2021 um, and beyond. Which, with this team, with this offense... It's hard for me to say that they won't be able to do so just because they're they're that good. Um, so anyways, let's jump over to the other side with the Chicago White Sox. I totally said Chicago White Sox before I, I meant to say Cubs. Regardless, I uh, thanks for staying with me. This is good. This segment's gonna wrap up our podcast today. Let's give the Chicago Cubs their yearly review. Let's see. They made some moves during the regular season. Um, they acquired Cameron Mabin. They gave up Zach Short. Um, this is a depth piece move for the Cubs for their outfield. You know, didn't have a huge impact. Great move for the Tigers, however, getting Zach Short. Really good shortstop prospect there. Um, the Red Sox traded left-hander Joss Oshitz to the Cubs for a player to be na- named later. Uh, this was a good move for the Cubs. It helped their bullpen throughout the season. Let's see. And then they acquired Andrew Chafin from the D-backs. Again, for another player to be named later. Let's see. They The Cubs also traded a player to be named, named later uh, and cashed to the Tampa Bay Rays for first baseman Jose Martinez. You know, this was a good move. Um, depth option behind Rizzo. Kind of help him out there, especially in the DH spot. You give Rizzo a day off, have someone to play first base. Good move overall. Um, none of these moves are huge, um, but the Cubs still finished at first place in the NL Central with a 34 and 26 record. Uh, what did we love most about the 2020 Cubs? Um, we loved the starting pitching. The starting pitching was the strength of this team. Um, I mean, David Rossi said it himself. That was his strength. That's what he relied on. That's what he counted on to win games. Uh, Kyle Hendricks, you Darvish were fantastic, uh, especially Darvish. Darvish was awesome. Um, he should have won the Cy Young, but he didn't. Um, you can go and see that under the post for the BBWAA Awards. Um, I put in why I thought Darvish should have won the NL Cy Young. Every metric except for ERA, he was better than Bauer. ERA and strikeouts, he had a few less of. And a slightly higher ERA, but you go into deeper metrics, Darvish should have won. But regardless, the club, the bullpen, or the pitching staff as a whole, had 523 strikeouts, and they pitched to a 3.99 ERA. That wasn't great, but it was enough to get the job done. 
Um, every game, um, Ian Happ ended up winning for the Cubs. This dude was clutch. He, this kid's getting better and better. Um, and he's definitely leading the next wave of talent coming in for the Cubs. I, I'm a big fan of Ian Happ. Uh, what we didn't love was, you know, the team batting average of 220 and a total of 74 home runs. I mean, the White Sox had basically that between five players. Um, so the power wasn't there. Again, David Ross, he relied on his pitching this season, and he had to. Um, because Baez, Javier Baez, Anthony Rizzo, um, um, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, and the whole team just struggled offensively. It was just a struggle offensively. Um, but the bullpen picked them up. You know, they really did. Um, you know, only two of the starters, uh, Darvish and Hendricks, posted a sub-three ERA, which is fantastic. They could count basically on winning each time those guys took the mound. Uh, you know, John Lester didn't have a great season, hence why he got released. Um, possible reunion with the Red Sox there has been floated. Um, Alec Mills, Craig Kimbrell, um, you know, they did better the second half. Really helped this team down the stretch, that stretch run for the, for the Cubs. That's what really propelled them in the first place and into the playoffs. Um, so that was really great. Um, however, they got they got bumped out from the playoffs in the wild card round. Their pitching was lights out. The offense also had the lights out. Um, they only were able to muster nine total hits over the two games and hit 145. Um, which, you know, kind of brings me to my biggest takeaway for the Cubs in 2020. Um, they... To say the least, they sucked offensively. They were not good. When you only can hit 220, um, you, get, you know, you're getting hit 22% of the time. The on-base percentage is also really low. 74 home runs isn't going to get it done, especially when you have Rizzo, Bryant, Schwarber, Baez. You should be hitting a lot more. Um, so it was definitely a down year. Um, Ross has a lot of things to figure out offensively for this club. Um, you know... Most of those games, the 14 of those 34 games were won because of Darvish and Hendricks. Um, Ian Happ made his fair share of game-winning plays or clutch at-bats to win them some games. Um, so regardless, they will need a lot to help them move forward in 2021. Um, you know, I wrote in this piece originally, I it might be time for the band to break up a little bit with Rizzo exercising his player option. Um, Bryant, you know, struggling Baez free agent next year. Uh, Schwarber, you know, coming off a down year, um, you know, kind of begs the question, should they, should they part ways or should they keep it together and go for it again? Um, having Lester off the books is huge, even though they had to pay him a $10 million buyout. Having him off the books is huge. Gives his team a lot of flexibility. Um, but then being able to see Hayward kind of bring it, pull it back to league average numbers was great. Um, so, I mean, one more year of keeping the core together of Rizzo, Bryant, Baez, and Schwarber. 
Oh, it's it's questionable um, as it hasn't worked out since that great World Series run. But they will need huge rebounds from these guys in 2021. The the pitching's not the problem. Starting pitching's not the problem. The bullpen's part of the problem, but not the whole problem. Is they got great pieces there. The offense. They need this offense to click. They need it to get. They need them to get it together. Uh, but no, I I think the Cubs are still a really good team. Whether they keep the band together or not, um, which I think they will, with Rizzo exercising his option, kind of sets the stage that they're gonna they're gonna keep it together. They've been really quiet so far this off season. Um, I think that's by choice. Come the winter meetings, I think they're gonna start making noise and bringing in some starters to help them, um, bullpen pieces, offense pieces, just to kind of build around the core and get them a potent lineup one through nine. But other than that, you know, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you listening. Thanks for tuning in. You know, it's so much fun recording. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think we just hit 35, 35 listens or something. And we're on episode eight or nine. Um, it's it's great. I, I never thought I would get 35. I would get people 35 times to listen to my voice talking about baseball. It's incredible. It's mind-blowing. I love it. Uh, so thank you guys. I'm so grateful. Um, continue to read the blogs. Lots of fun stuff coming out this winter. Um, and, you know, as always, thanks for tuning into Ball Boy Talk.